Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Wednesday, February 19th edition of the MBOB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. A couple pieces of news to talk about today, fight announcement, nothing crazy. Should mention myself and Coleshaw broke down UFC Auckland yesterday in full. So definitely go back to yesterday's podcast and check that out if you missed it. Good show as always. Also broke down the two Bellator cards that are taking place this weekend. So definitely go and check that out if you missed it yesterday. But let's get into today's show. So a couple of pieces of news, like I mentioned. Uh, I'm going to start with Diego Santos. Diego Santos has not fought since last July when he fought John Jones. Tooth and nail. Lost a split decision. A very close fight. Some of us, including myself, thought he won that fight. Ended up losing. And he had double knee surgery after that fight. Uh, blew both his knees out. But he is scheduled to return, he says now, in July. So about a year layoff, which is expected after tearing your ACL, of course. Um, he says he hopes to come back in July and fight a top-ranked opponent. Of course, he would like the John Jones rematch. That will not be happening, I doubt, just because Dominic Reyes and Jan Blachowicz are up ahead of him in line at this point, even though Santos is very highly ranked. And even though he does have a knockout win over Jan from last year. But, uh, yeah, he says he's going to hope to come back in July. And he wants a top opponent, but he says the UFC has offered him someone, but they're an unranked opponent, which is very weird. Um, I don't get it. Like, I mean, really, he should be fighting a top five guy, no doubt about it. I think the Reyes fight would make a lot of sense. I've talked about this last uh, week or so. This fight would be great. Dominic Reyes versus Teo Santos, two guys that really should have beat John Jones. The judges didn't give them the win. A rematch, or not a rematch, a, a new fight for the title to earn the rematch with John Jones. Makes a lot of sense. You could either do it on the same card as Jones versus Yawn or do it another card for a five round fight. Either way, I think it's a fight that makes a lot of sense. But apparently, according to Santos, he has been offered an unranked opponent, which is just very uh, head scratching. Uh, you know, I guess they want to give him a tuna fight after the injuries he endured against Jones. That does make kind of some sense, I guess. But at the same time, like, he's not a young guy. He's in his like, mid 30s. Like, at this point, it's sink or swim. So I think he's got to get back in there. And I, that's what he's looking for a top ranked opponent, you know, someone in the top five, someone like, you know, Anthony Smith, someone like that, I believe. Um, who he's, I think he's fought before actually at 185. But yeah, you know, uh, it's interesting. The only other thing I could think of is, and I saw someone actually commented on uh, the BJ Penn post, and they said, possibly maybe they're offering him uh, Yuri Prochatska, who just signed with the UFC. And that's kind of what I'm thinking. Maybe they did offer him Yuri, someone that, is not technically ranked in the top 15, but really should be. Um, especially after he gets his first fight and his feet wet. In the UFC, he will be ranked. He is one of the best light heavyweights in the world. So possibly that's could, what could be happening here. Or maybe they really did just offer him someone who's an unranked fighter, someone like a Paul Craig, someone who they feel like they could he could bounce back against and get his feet wet against before he dives back into the deep end. But, uh, you know, for me, uh, Tiago Santos is a guy that doesn't get enough credit, I think, from the MMA community. Uh, this guy is a tremendous talent. He's a big strong knockout artist he looked amazing as John Jones and it's unfortunate that he got hurt in that fight because I think he, they could have ran that back and you know, everyone saw him running it back with Dominic Reyes when you know technically Santos came closer to beating him when he actually scored a scorecard from one of the judges in a split decision loss unlike Reyes who lost a unanimous and you know I believe both those guys did beat John Jones but the judges saw it another way I just think no one's giving him uh, and Santos Santos enough credit for what he did against John Jones. So to me, it's like he went to the nail, split decision, lost to the power pound beast in the sport, and they're offering him an unranked opponent. I can see why he's upset. So he turned down a fight. He said he's never turned down a fight before, but he had to turn this one down. Doesn't like the matchup. Wants a top-ranked opponent. We'll see what they give him, but he definitely deserves someone up there. 
if they give Yarn the title shot, I think Sanders really should be pushing for that fight with Dominic Reyes. And you know what? If they give Reyes the title shot, the rematch, he should be pushing for a rematch with Yarn, who he knocked out last year. And Yarn's really good in rematches. So that would be an intriguing rematch between Santos and him. But uh, yeah, Santos is a monster. And I just I just think he deserves more respect and more credit for the community from the UFC and uh, from the fans and the media in general. Speaking about the light heavyweight division, uh, Alexander Rakic, and actually this could be a guy that Santos was referring to because he just signed a new six-fight deal with the UFC. He is one of the top light heavyweights in the sport right now. He's ranked, I think, 10th. Uh, he is coming off a loss to Bokan uh, Usberg, but a lot of people, including myself, thought he won that fight. Only 28 years old, Rakic is. He's very young. He's 12-2 and two in his career, 4-1 and one in the UFC. He had those two nice knockouts over Devin Clark, spinning back fist punches, and then Manning with a nasty head kick last June. If he beat Ustamir, we'd be talking about this guy as a title contender right now. But unfortunately, the judges didn't give it to him. It sucks that the judges come into play so much in the sport, but, you know, that's part of the sport, unfortunately, for better or worse. So Rakic is tremendous, and I'm glad the UFC re-signed for six fights. I didn't expect them to let him go. I mean, he just makes too much sense in the UFC right now. It's nice to see the light heavy division have these kind of prospects that are emerging. Um, some people were saying running back with Uzdemir. I'm thinking someone maybe like Shogun would be a great fight for uh, Alexander Rakic, number 15 ranked in the sport right, or in the UFC right now. That'd be a fun fight, right? I think Rakic, he does need to get a bounce back win after the Uzdemir fight. Although, I, like I said, I thought he won. You could also give him a step up. If, if the UFC really believes he won, maybe they give him Corey Anderson, who's coming off a loss now to Yawn. That'd be a fun fight. I think Corey probably wants to take some time off. But that would be a fun fight. Just looking at the rest of the top 50, I don't think Misha Serkinov's book. That'd be a fun fight too. Um, if Gustafson comes back, that would be a great fight. So there are some options here for Alexander Rakic. Heck, you know what? If they really like him that much, give him Tiago Santos. Give him um, someone like Dominic Reyes or something. But, you know, probably someone a little bit lower ranked in the division makes more sense. That's, like I said, uh, Shogun, Zirkinov, something like that, just to get back in the win column. He's only 28. He's pretty young compared to a lot of these guys. But, uh, yeah, tremendous fighter. Glad the UFC resigned six fights. Usually guys sign for four fights, so it just shows that I think the UFC really likes this guy. Next up, there is a potential conflict of interest, or was, in the James Cross versus Trevor Giles fight. Uh, the judge, Joe Saliz, Darren Bosser, my, uh, my friend at TSN, did uh, kind of an expose piece, I guess, or an investigative piece on the judging in that fight. Joe Saliz, obviously, very controversial scorecards that night. He scored uh, the Reyes-Jones fight, 49-46, in favor of John Jones, which was a really bad scorecard. And then in this fight with uh, Cross and Giles, he did score for Trevor Giles, who I actually believe won the fight 29-28, but he scored the rounds wrong. He scored the first round for Trevor Giles when Cross had his back for like four minutes, and then he scored the third round for uh, for, for Kraus when uh, a lot of people thought, or yeah, and when a lot of people thought that Giles should have won that round, including myself. So, you know, for me, I feel like this is being a little bit overblown. I'm not saying Aaron did great work here for sure, because I don't think a lot of us knew about the conflict of interest. So this is not taking anything away from Aaron. I just think that this whole uh, fight and the controversy is being a little overblown because quite frankly, Trevor Giles deserved to get the win. So in my opinion, the right man won the fight. The way he got there is a little sketchy for sure, but the right man got the, his hand raised. So I know that Jason House, Krause's manager, they're appealing the fight. I doubt they're going to win their appeal because it's very rare to win an appeal on a judge's subjective scorecard. You can win an appeal when like, the scores were added incorrectly or there was like a foul that wasn't seen or wasn't taken into consideration, something like that when there's a rule infraction. But in a case of where there's a judge watching a fight and he scores a round for someone and scores another round for someone else, it's very hard 
I think, for them to overturn it. I don't see anything coming out of this as far as James Cross getting this fight overturned. And quite frankly, I don't think he deserves to get a fight overturned because I do think Travis Giles deserved the women's fight. I thought Kroos won the first round for sure with that back control, but the second and third round, Trevin Giles won, and you know, it has nothing to do with Kroos really, he took the fight on like less than 24 hours notice, he just kind of got tired, he wasn't in, he's in shape, he wasn't in fight shape, there's a difference between being in shape and being uh, in fight shape after an eight week camp or six week camp or whatever, so to me that kind of played in the fight here, Giles was just a little bit more fight ready, and I think that's why he won the fight, a little bit bigger too. Um, but for sure, you know, they're trying to draw some attention to just the problems with the sport and the problems with judging. And as far as the, the conflict of interest goes, uh, Joe Solis, the judge in this sport, uh, has ties to Trevor Giles and his uh, coaches. Uh, he was given a black belt, I believe, by the same coach as Trevor Giles. So first off, if he had a, is a black belt in BJJ, he should know that Croaks won that first round, which is just mind-boggling, right? That that does – that's just – I agree. That's weird and doesn't make sense. But at the same time, you know, here's the here's my problem with this whole, you know, conflict for interest and everyone getting up in arms about it. There are so many people out there that are like, we need ex-fighters to judge fights. We need ex-fighters to be refereeing fights. And then you do have a guy who's tied to the community, which MMA community is small, by the way. It's not a big community. He's tied to the fight, and then everyone's up in arms about it, saying he's biased and has conflict of interest. That very well could be the case, for sure. But that's going to happen when you do have such a small community. I mean, community is not a big community. It's not a big sport. It's, it's a growing sport. It's not as big as baseball or football or something like that. I will say that the judge should have let the commission know and excuse himself from refereeing or judging that particular fight. That for sure makes sense. But just the, uh, the thought of uh, a judge or a referee knowing a fighter and training with them, that's going to happen. That's not the first time that's happened. This guy made a mistake about not letting the commission know. I agree with that. But just the fact that he has a black belt from the same coach as Giles, that in itself, to me, is not as much of a conflict of interest as some are making it out to be. You know, again, great work by by uh, Aaron here. You know, I think a lot of people didn't know about this. I didn't. I just think it's being a little bit overblown by some people. I don't think that's the reason why James Krause lost the fight. I think James Krause lost the fight because, quite frankly, he took a risk and took a fight against a very tough dude on 24 hours notice and lost a split decision, and that's all it is. I don't see the fight being overturned. I have all the respect in the world for James Krause. The guy's a warrior. He stepped up when no one else would take this fight. He deserved his uh, his $50,000 fight, fight in the night bonus, and he deserved that new contract he got from the UFC. Maybe the UFC will throw him a little bit extra money for his troubles. I don't see him getting to win this fight. I don't see it being a no contest as much as some people want it to be. So uh, I've said my piece about this fight. Um, I just think that the fight, at the end of the day, the right man won, although the scorecards for sure got there a little bit funny. Next up, Lice Theodoro. He has received a therapeutic use exemption for medical marijuana from the British uh, Columbia Athletic Commission. So that's good for Elias. He obviously is a champion for medical marijuana. He... Wanted to get a TV from USADA, was never granted one, and eventually was not in the USC anymore. Uh, you know, I like us. I like Elias. He is uh, one of the better fighters from Canada, of course. Um, he is a Toronto-based fighter. Known Elias for years, of course. A score fighting series veteran, UFC veteran. Have a lot of respect for Elias. Um, you know, good for him for getting this. I, I did read some comments boom, that from him that I didn't necessarily agree with. Like he was saying, because he wasn't able to smoke um, medical marijuana, that uh, he wasn't able to throw as many punches in the UFC because of the nerve damage in his hands. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I mean, I am not Elias. I know that he does have some pain and and, and neuron damage or something like that, nerve damage that uh, is uh, hindered him, I think, in his career. But that 
argument's a bit of a stretch to me, you know. I just don't think that he wanted to play that game in the UFC. I did see the last fight, and he did knock the guy out, uh, Perpetuo, out, which was good for him. Um, but at the same time, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm happy for the guy. I'm glad he got his TUE after uh, fighting for it for a long time. But that argument that I saw, I'm not necessarily buying it, although I know some people are. But uh, if anyone wants to comment on that, for sure, throw a comment in there. And the last thing here, actually, it's a former opponent of Elias Theodoros, Eric Anders, who he fought in Toronto, and actually Elias won that fight. He's fight uh, he'll be fighting Christoph Jocko at UFC Portland, so that is a new fight here. Eric Anders is a guy that a lot of us have a lot of respect for. Uh, you know, he's a he's uh, really good with the media, does good interviews. He struggled in the UFC, though, for sure, especially at first. He won his first two fights. And actually, he won three of his first four fights and then lost two straight. And since then, he's actually won two straight after uh, beating Gerald Mershard and Vinicius Morea in his last two fights. Mershard, another score fighting series veteran. Love that promotion. But uh, yeah, uh, looked good lately. Back to middleweight. The light heavyweight thing didn't really work out for him. The fight with Santos was absolutely brutal. He got uh, battered pretty bad in that. But he looked a lot better the last two fights after the, the loss to Theodore on that beating by Khalil Roundtree. He has looked good. Um, Definitely not as high on him as I once was. He is 32 now. He's taking quite a bit of damage. He's still a great athlete, though, for sure. And he does have quite a bit of experience at this point. It's high-level competition. I think the UFC really threw him in the deep end first. You know, it's crazy, right? Anyway, he takes out Jocko here. Jocko is actually a little bit younger at age 30. Jocko overall is 8-4 and four in the UFC. So a, a really good record for Jocko. Another guy that came on really strong then lost a few fights, lost three straight, just like Eric Anders. And then he's won his last two by... Uh, split decision over Mark Andre Barrio and then Munoz over Alan Amadovsky. Definitely uh, a, a solid fighter for sure. This is an interesting fight. I think it can go either way. I mean, I, I expect a very close betting line here for sure. I guess uh, I guess Eric Gaynor is probably favored. I mean, there, there is a lot of hype behind him still, even though he hasn't performed, I think, to the level something of expected, but still a very solid fighter. And this is a good matchup. I like this fight. Seeing if I. Missed any other news here. I did see that uh, Mark Goddard said he received some death threats following UFC 245. He spoke about the stoppage finally with Dan Hardy on his podcast. And basically, he just justified the stoppage. You know, I, I thought it was a little bit early personally. But, you know, I don't think it was as bad as a lot of people were saying. And quite frankly, it didn't affect the outcome of the fight. Because had that fight gone to the scorecards, Colby Covington would have lost anyways. So it didn't even matter. I know Colby wanted to, you know, just get there to the, to the end of the fight, but hey, it is what it is. And the referees there to stop the fight if he believes the fighter's in trouble, and he thought that's what happened there. Um, what else? Kamara Usman says he wants to run it back with Colby Covington after that fight, not because of the controversy. He just, he just basically has respect for Covington after that great fight they had, and he hopes to run it back. But, of course, he has uh, Usman next, so it will be a while till that happens. And I saw that Tito Ortiz is apparently training at the WWE Performance Center, so possible Tito Ortiz could get into the WWE game. That'd be interesting. And uh, I think that's going to be about it. There's a lot of this James Crow stuff going around again. You know, you guys heard my thoughts on that already today. You know, Anthony Smith's out there saying he wants the commission to overturn it. I don't see that happening, guys. I, don't, I, I really don't see that happening. You know, again, James Crow's all the credit in the world, stepping up on short notice, man, and uh, put on a hell of a performance. It was one of my best, one of my favorite fights. It was a great fight. But I just don't see it being overturned. Anyways, that's going to be it for today's show, guys. Once again, thanks for tuning in. You can check me out on Twitter at MMAdamMartinPodcast and my home, MMAOsbury.com. Also, check me out at BJPen.com and MMARings.net. Check out the podcast from yesterday, Breaking Down UFC Auckland with Cole Shelton. 
And that's going to be it for today. I'll be back tomorrow for the Thursday edition. Have a great day, guys. See you later. Bye.